Welcome to this August version of Transatlantic Conversation podcast. Today we will talk about philanthropy and for people to learn something, I had to learn that it's not philanthropy, but it's philanthropy. And I even wrote the first invitation. I wrote philanthropy with PH in the end, but it's not. So we all, at least I could learn something. I don't know if you were aware of that. And I think it's a really relevant um, topic. The idea came because um, we had this floods in Germany and many people donated money. And um, in the invitation, I also wrote that always when there are natural catastrophes or special holidays, then people donate money. And this is part of what we understand under philanthropy. But I also want to make this discussion about our understanding of philanthropy and see what is our first approach, uh, what might be our second approach, and maybe our conversation today will change the understanding. And just as an introduction, I want to share with you the quote. It's a definition of what philanthropy is. The current online version of the Oxford English Dictionary defines philanthropy as first love of mankind, the disposition or active effort to promote the happiness and the well-being of others, practical benevolence, now especially as expressed by the generous donation of money to good causes, second, the love of God for humanity, now rare, and third, a philanthropic action, movement or agency, a charity. So first, first thing that came to mind is that also I don't use or I didn't understand philanthropy as love of mankind necessarily, but I understood philanthropy as something really rich people can do when they say I have so much money, I don't need it for my particular life and I also don't need it for my business. So I have my foundation and there I create my own rules and by this I create Yeah, maybe a whole social network of how I can support the world, my region, my city. And of course, in general, I thought this is something great. I also try to improve others' life, lives whenever it's, it's possible. However, I also see that there's a certain responsibility when you have this means that you can then not only share your means but also you influence how things are going to happen and maybe this is one of the topics we will we will discuss today how we how we see philanthropy how we see ourselves in that and how we see it from the outside so if you already have ideas you want to share feel free i think it's interesting i never really thought of philanthropy in depth i kind of just always think of the royal family in the uk and what they do, their lifestyle is basically just, we're rich and we have the time to do this. So we're gonna dedicate our life to the love of mankind as the definition says. Um, but it, it does, I don't know, there is the question of who's deciding where that love of mankind goes. And you know, if, if only the wealthy really have the opportunity, the resources and the time to, uh, to do this, then where, who's really deciding uh, what that is? Because the love of mankind can be defined differently, I think, for a lot of different groups. 
So I don't know, it's just interesting to think about like who has the means to do it and what impact that has on where the money and efforts go. And I think that the, the royal family is a really interesting example because just these days I had a conversation about is the royal family or the queen the most powerful person in Great Britain? And I said, she does basically, she doesn't have power, so to say, at least not in how the, the state is, is built and how her position in, in the state is supposed to be. Um, but then, of course, firstly, she has power in just her attitude because what she, not maybe not she, what she says, because she also tries not to say too much, but the way she behaves, in some sense, this is uh, uh, soft power. But then also, yeah, the question of philanthropy is really a power that she and her family have. And there you can see the, the divide between philanthropy and democracy in one person because that's really what she doesn't have she doesn't have democ democratic support but still in some sense the whole society supports her in her uh, philanthropic or philanthropic doing or i don't know how, how to say it exactly but but this is an interesting example and i haven't for in the preparation i haven't thought about this i have just thought about different examples Yeah, so the first thing that came to my mind was when I think about philanthropy or I do think about billionaires and kind of, I don't know, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett in, in that style and that they are having a lot of money, just like you said, Sophie, as just they, they have the means to do that because they have the money. And also what I think is pretty interesting about this conversation right now is We're talking about power and how money is kind of a synonym in our current state, at least what I heard right now is kind of power, right? Because also, of course, like the queen has the power, the soft power, as you called it, and just because of her authority and what she um, means for the British people. But I think a lot of this is also just money and um so it's kind of interesting that, that you look money just in that way um and what you can do with that money right um like that can be positive it can be negative but i think the crucial thing is we don't decide <laughs> the person itself decides and that kind of makes it dangerous in a way for democracy but it also can help can be helpful i i don't know what do you think about that Is it helpful or is it actually more destructive? I think that's a really interesting question because it's, I guess it depends where you stand, um, whether or not you think something is helpful because I think people could have different interpretations of, you know, some people might think it is helpful, some people might not. I think of um, the recent space exploration and people's divided thoughts on that of, was that helpful to society because we're advancing in science, exploration, technology, or is that hurtful because it's, you know, we have a ton of other issues on our own planet right now and the environmental concerns of, um, you know, everything that it took for one quick little flight up into space. Um, so, 
you know, I saw a ton of divided ideas on, on even just little things like that of this was really awesome and a, and a big step forward for mankind and a lot of criticism on the exact other side of this is actually not at all helpful and shows everything that's wrong with society of the inequality being so great that just because you're rich, you can go to space. So I don't know, it's a really interesting question, but I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. Mm, I might want to go uh, a step back and discuss this perception of philanthropy, uh, philanthropy, philanthropy, sorry. <laughs> and um, as I perceived it, when I first heard the word or when I came in touch with the word, it was more not dependent on money or the power that it got, but as it said in the definition, the love of mankind. And my first point would be that if you see people like Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett, those really, really rich people, or the Queen, and if you only perceive them as philanthropic, then I would say normal people like, like us couldn't be philanthropic, if you, if you put it in, in that terms. And on the other hand, if you, um, as we have the example right at hand right now with the flood catastrophe in, in Germany, many, many people helped them um, by just going there and um, having them clean their houses and, and build up the, the destroyed houses. And, and I would also say that this is philanthropy, philanthropy too. In, in another way, because those people that go there might even do more in, in relation to those very rich people, if you understand what I mean. If I mean, if I have billions of, of dollars at hand to spend however I want, and I spend two million on a good cause, everybody would say, hey, he's really, really generous. And um, that's very good what he's doing. And uh, so he's perceived very well in society. And yet in relation, what, what more with people with, with less money or less power, as you would put it, um, can do is also a major piece of society. And I think that um, the more little people do stuff like this, this is a lot more helpful than some very rich and wealthy people donating for some courses. Maybe just to share one quote on relating to this relation between how much you have and how much you give. For most other billionaires in the top 20 as ranked by net wealth, the figure was typically somewhere between 0.1% or 0.3%, which is not exactly generous as most of us understand it. Generosity, by definition, must involve a degree of sacrifice. And what exactly is a person worth billions giving up by shelling out a hundred million or so in support of a voluntary chosen cause? And what, what is interesting here, just what you said, Tobias, is that that's also about the perspective we look onto things. It's one to say someone gives something and then we look to the result, or we look to the person who gives and see, is it really something that we should look to and say we need to be grateful for that or is it something we can say all those people who go somewhere and really help with their own hands they're doing so much more because they they might have personal risk working somewhere firefighters okay that's their job also but still they go somewhere they might risk their life then this is also a job that maybe people do because of love to mankind in some way Or those people who are far away, 
and give a little percentage of their wealth. And it's really this different perspectives what will, in the end, I think, decide on how we relate to the whole topic and what we understand when we talk about uh, philanthropy. And how would you distinguish between what is worth more giving a certain percentage of, of money, but then it's, it's a huge amount that can make a change somewhere or someone gives nearly everything, but the everything is so little in some sense that you can only change a small topic, but uh, to a certain degree, how would you differentiate there and how would you rate those two different things? I would say, or I'm convinced that um, you cannot really measure philanthropy um, in a way that it's important that anything that is given by someone to someone else and that is helpful and helps somebody in need is worth pursuing and is worth of support. And on the, under the point that if philanthropy or, or wealthy people donating money could be risky in terms of democracy, I think, that there should not be a reliance on those very wealthy and powerful people, but for everybody to be able or simply be aware of what they can do and where they can help. And maybe that in that very moment can be uh, worth much more than just somebody throwing money at, at, a, at a problem. And therefore I think it's nearly impossible to, to as I said, measure it or say that one is better than the other. Um, I think that both are necessary and uh, very good. I think I agree with um, everything you just said. I think the only way that I can think of um, in terms of measuring which one is worth more is perhaps the not actually physically what the money we're saying would do, but the the power, the the symbolic power of someone who doesn't have that many that much money or that much to give, who still gives something that I think has power in showing the community, like in a sense of community um, and showing that people care and, and that people look out for one another. And I think that is something that a really wealthy billionaire donating a certain percentage of, of their money doesn't have that same um, reach in terms of community, but in terms of like actually comparing the two side by side, I agree with what you were saying um, Tobias about it not really being comparable and measurable in that in that sense. And I think it also, you know, this whole idea of community is interesting because I think just one person giving something um, of the little that they have may not be that powerful as, as in, in a lot of people's eyes, but um, it can maybe encourage others to do the same. And then there is power in numbers, which speaks to, you know, democracy, what we were talking about before of, of where does money and power go and how do we use philanthropy so i think in the sense of symbolic nature it has perhaps more power for those who are not as wealthy to be generous but obviously a billionaire donating a million dollars can do a whole lot too so it's it's hard to measure yeah actually i also agree with that but i would have differentiated a little bit differently so first of all i would have said if a billionaire donates like just let it be like, I don't know, 0.3% of something of their wealth. And those are billion or millions of dollars or whatever. I think 
direct and indirect is very clear to see here because a billionaire can have direct impact on a lot of people and as many small actions also can have impact but i would say rather indirect so it's not directly going there and you know needs a lot of small actions added up and um accumulated to to something bigger and then it also can have a lot of impact but but I, that's the second second thing i also do think those small actions are more long-term and sustainable than one action that is you know maybe has direct and fast impact but probably isn't as sustainable sustainable as as many small actions so those were the two things like sustainability and in in terms of long term and direct and indirect i would have differentiated when and maybe we see also this quotes later about the criticism to or towards or about philanthropy when when it's saying that even people that organize their donations really well they choose this the the the, the correct topics where they donate money to um, they try to implement certain rules how they interconnect with the local society so that you also have this cooperation on the ground but still they're criticizing the the whole thing as philanthropy because the decision where the money should go to is not democratic and i think this criticism and we also touched on that already that's just something that is true because it's not part of uh, the democratic process but then and and you already said this this help to your neighbor to your neighborhood in your city if we also understand this as philanthropy then this is really something that all democracies i think need because they need this understanding of society if everyone just lives for and to themselves then there's something missing and even though we have a democratic system and there are decisions and we vote before that but then we don't interact and we don't see that our neighbor and and the, the person next on the next street they they also share our lives then then this is really problematic so i it's i think it's so hard to um draw the the line and and i don't know if even the extremes are correct or even if we draw a line quite in, in in the middle and say to a certain degree we support uh, philanthropy but then we don't anymore i think that's 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 very difficult and one note i made to myself is that you can differentiate between the love of mankind and then something that can be compared to friendship so if this support in in a region of catastrophe maybe you don't know the person personally but still it's nearby and then you go there and help maybe that's more a kind of friendship and then if you are far away or even nearby but you don't have any direct contact to that situation and then you support that by donations then this might be philanthropy what do you think about this way of seeing it or differentiating it just makes me think a little bit of um, 
do the intentions matter uh, behind donations? So does it matter if you're donating because your neighbor's house was washed away by the flood? Or so that's some, a friend, like, like how you were saying, or if you're a billionaire who wants to look good in the press, but your money is still helping. So um, I know that's not exactly what you were saying, but it just made me think of the intentions and that division between friend versus someone who is removed from the situation. And then I was just thinking through like, well, why would someone who's removed from the situation donate? And so it makes me think of the first quote that you sent out of like good philanthropy. So is there such thing as good versus bad philanthropy defined by intentions? So I know it's not exactly what you were saying, but that's what I thought of. And that let me add just another quote. In the first installment of the Federalist Papers, Hamilton published what is likely the single most prominent instance of the use of philanthropy as a word in American English. The idea of universal goodwill, on the other hand, strongly evokes a prime injunction of the moral system of the last and greatest of the Enlightenment's rational moralists, Immanuel Kant, who states in the very opening of his grounding for the metaphysics of morals that there is no possibility of thinking of anything at all in the world or even out of it which can be regarded as good without qualification except a good will. I wanted to play this quote because what you just said if it's about the intention then you really don't need to look anymore on how much someone gives or what results will come by by this donation or by this foundation or by by the intention but you really just look to the intention and ask if it's the, the right reasons and then we always can question those uh, who donate if they do it also partially because of their own Yeah, feeling good to themselves because they have the feeling that they could relate to someone. So I really think that this question of intention is, is important. And I, I would like also to deep dive into this topic because that's something at least I can also realize in this in my own action that everything I do always also relates to me. And it's not just, I can't just, it can't just be about others because it's always comes from my mind To, to do something and there are several reasons. So I would like to discuss this, this question of intentions a bit more if you want. I think that kind of question also has a lot to do sometimes with like your value system as well, because some people are driven by like their value system and what they really think is like good or bad genuinely based on also their personality and everything. And I think other people might also think with their value system and also what is expected of them. So I might donate because I think it's expected of me, but not because I actually believe it's good. And that's also something to think about because I have donated in the past before. And I like, when I was here for like the, like the election last year, I donated to some political campaign because for me, I felt like it was the only thing I could do and it was expected of me, but Sometimes it doesn't always align with like maybe your value system. And that's also something that um, is interesting, I think. I think what you said, Jakob, about separating yourself from any action that you make being really difficult uh, is a really interesting point. There's um, 
I don't know if anyone watches Friends, but there's an episode um, where Phoebe and Joey are debating if it's possible to ever have a selfless act of kindness. And they sort of come to the conclusion that no, because every act of kindness makes you feel good about yourself. And so every, every time you are doing something for someone else, it is also a little bit for you. So then when we're talking about intention, if that's true, can we really ever separate ourselves from it? Meaning, could there ever really be a truly good example of good philanthropy if we're defining it through intentions of it's completely for other people and not for ourselves, um, which I guess goes back to what Julia was saying about your value system and how, how you would define that. I think that's also interesting what you said, because ultimately we're kind of all human and we're all, all we really try to do is survive. And I think part of surviving is also fulfilling yourself and like being happy or something. So I think everything that we all usually do every day is to survive. So that's why there's probably a bit of selfishness in you when you do like give like or donate in that sense. She says, she says, survive, is it each person tries to survive themselves or that also the survival of uh, humankind? Because I think that those who are able to donate large amounts of money, and I, I, I might not be able to donate as much money, but still, generally, I don't think that anything in my life circles around survival because just I'm so accommodated and nearly or maybe all persons I know their life is not about survival anymore and this flood showed me that it's it can be different and of course I knew that all the time but in our, in my daily life things are just about not in important enough topics that it could be about survival I guess what I was what I was trying to say with survival is like the hierarchy of needs that triangle you have like survival like basic needs and then it goes all the way to the top and then it's like self-fulfilling prophecy at the top or well, what's at the very top I forgot what the that word is but I was talking about that kind of like need to feel to to feel good about yourself or like to to almost give everything that you have in order to make yourself feel good. That's the kind of survival I was trying to go into. Um, but of course, the floods definitely showed that there's other kind of needs as well. When that kind of happens is that at that point, you were just at the, at the bottom of the triangle again. Um, yeah, no, I was more going into like the psychological, I guess, survival once you have everything. Yeah. But then this understanding would mean you you would rather think that philanthropy is selfish in in some sense because it's more related to someone else some to this person who donates rather than really making the the the, the recipients the subject of the action so it's really more about those who give than those who receive no, I don't think it's always about that. <laughs> I'd like to think it's not always 
that way around. But I, I just like what Sophie was saying is that I think when people do donate, it's it's mostly about I I would hope helping others, but I think there's always going to be a part of it that's about making yourself feel good as well, because it's in our nature to want to feel good about ourselves to a certain extent. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I think what you were talking about is uh, I don't know the English term, but bedürfnis pyramide nach Maslow. So like at the top is like self-fulfilling and you create your yourself and what you want to make out of your life. Um, but I think interestingly, we're talking here, I would not use the word philanthropy in, in that sense. I actually would have said like um, altruism that you say you're doing something for others without expecting some something back to you or from them back and so i don't know what what do you say about that but i would not have said philanthropy in that and in, in that sense but maybe that's just mess of words or something but <laughs> yeah i think altruism is the word i was trying to find when i was trying to describe the triangle yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, also there uh, altruism is i think always about giving something without expecting mm -hmm. but as you said there is all always like a little bit of selfishness or something in, in there i also believe that even if it's just i feel good about myself and i'm giving something back to society and i'm yeah i'm, I'm a part of something bigger and i can be influential or impactful i, I think also that this sense of we do donate or philanthropic action gets stronger when need appears in in the news or something then we also can see how whenever things are getting important to those who give because they just read about it they see about it then they also donate so they need to be touched by something so that they they do the effort of course this this is different for big philanthropy because just they sometimes really donate also all their time to this topic because it's important enough for them but for example now with the floods there were not only donations but even the state asked for donations and this is something that i i found kind of weird because normally i would see that there are certain tasks that we organize ourselves in states that certain things should be done by states and also financed by states and if then the state asks for donations then there's again this tension for me that yes i believe that society then should stick together and work together as far as it's possible but the group of people or the entity that i really expect to to do something in certain circumstances is the state and this is what i believe we have a state for yeah maybe just for for the moment just until there what do you think about this uh, tension i i described well again i also think here this direct indirect is uh one thing because I agree with you that a state probably has 
a task to be prepared if something like a flood hits or something else. But if there are not, <laughs> it's just about immediate help and they need the help right away and not like wait for two weeks until the state has done something about it. I, I think their direct helps like large or small doesn't matter are helpful. And so I think it's kind of appropriate that the states ask for help, but I don't know. Yeah, probably it's actually the task of them to be prepared before it happens. But I think that it's um, as long as the state provides a certain amount of help um, out of his own financial resources, that it certainly got for, for such uh, catastrophes or incidents, then that would the additional donations are certainly helpful and might not even go to the state directly, but to uh, organizations that are that are in the areas where, where the flood hit uh, worst, et cetera. But I think on the other hand, that such a um, request for donations might put even more social pressure on, on some people to, to donate, even though they might not want to or might not be able to. I don't see that in, in, the, in the current case as much, but there's certainly the risk of this uh, happening, I think. I think that if we take another perspective and don't see this as, or at least not as, if we don't criticize that as I did, then we also could say if the state organizes philanthropy donations in this immediate case, and I totally agree with you, Martin, that if you give in this special occasion and you need it right away, then just certain organ or big organizations, they, they might not be able to have things done in one day because there are certain steps that need to be done. And then you have this immediate help. That's one thing. And if the state tries or organize it, uh, organizes it, then that's that should be something to support. But then also there can be philanthropy organized by democracy. So if we understand, and philanthropy is not something uh, against states in general. Normally, that is something that works inside of the, the democratic or organization of one state. So then you also could say, if we as democracy are able to influence how and where philanthropy is directed to, then this also might be something in, in some sort to find a compromise between the power that certain group of people has and democracy that wants to have a society driven by uh, democratic decisions instead of just, I don't know, a group of people being able to decide and then thereby influence also yeah, maybe even democratic decisions, etc. I think that's interesting because if the state has a say in where philanthropy is directed, um, what I'm grappling with in my mind right now is, is that still philanthropy or is that just, you know, a, a version of we take in taxes and we redirect that money to, you know, infrastructure, whatever project it needs it most or however they want to divvy it up. And maybe this is just my own um, definition of philanthropy that I'm getting too stuck in, but I feel like there is a sense of, it, which I, again, I don't know exactly where I fall on this, but 
And I think there is a sense of being able to decide where that goes. And once you make it a democratic process that is led by the state, that does, does that take away from the individual choosing where to send their, their donations, which I'm going back and forth on. So I'm curious what other people think if, if the influence of the state on sort of organizing the, these systems of philanthropy, if that means it's no longer philanthropy or if that is just a different system that we can use to make it more democratic or if that takes away from then the individual's decision. I don't know if any of that made sense, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little torn. I, I actually had a similar thought in, in the beginning when we were talking about um, whether democracy needs philanthropy. And, um, but from another um, point of view, because I currently live in Germany and Germany as a social state also helps people that are in need with money from others that pay taxes, for example. And if you say, if the state would take care of all of these problems and they could be solved in that way and nobody had to give their private property or their private time to help others because they simply wouldn't be in need due to the, to the state's action, maybe then philanthropy would not be necessary uh, in a democracy. I don't, I don't think that this is true, but it goes in a similar way that when the state takes care of everything and you don't need, you don't have to help others, you can still be a philanthropist. If you sacrifice your time for, for others or help others as in the definition that it is the love of mankind and the disposition or active effort to promote the happiness of others, and I struggle a little bit with, with in this definition is um, that I can promote the happiness of other people that are simply not in need of anything. So we, we just talked about catastrophes and, and people that, that, that suffer and do not have much money. But am I only a philanthropist if I have those in need? Or can, I be, can it be something else to, I don't know, buy someone flowers or just smile at them or wish them a good day? So, that also philanthropy. That's just something that, that went through my mind and I wanted to say. I think that in the end, that's a very important question. If there is the, the possibility of ending philanthropy by having perfect state of the world. And maybe just one quote on that. Elite philanthropy, far from being merely an inadequate solution to social problems, ultimately works to entrench and perpetuate them, offering a tiny handful of elites a useful vehicle for the purchase of virtue and the soft power that comes with it, at the expense of the many. Maybe it's time we tried democracy instead. So what, what I take from there is, theoretically, philanthropy could try to really end suffering by trying to change the reasons for why certain areas suffer more than others or why a certain group in society has more difficulties than others but in general and that i don't know i didn't found the quote now but in general they tried to alleviate a certain problem but they're generally not going to the topic of the problem 
and of course there are many examples where this might be different but the ideal way from my perspective would be that if i try to help then i try to look where's the problem and how could can i not only solve the problem but also find the reasons for the problem and and change something there and of course that's also something we expect from states and from democracies and in in many um quotes and also what we have said already when we say democracy we say more or less this is the perfect solution or the best solution at least but then of course also democracies not necessarily are able to solve all problems or sometimes it might also be against even if all people are informed well it might be against uh, the democratic will to to end all problems so um simply saying let's go let's democracy have its its uh, its way it's maybe also too too an, too an easy answer for the, for these difficult questions and then i think this is always related back to social politics or I don't know if that's still the the best term but foreign aid politics where you deal with with just different geographical cultural historical ways and then neither democracies nor other states which are not democracies nor philanthropy until now was able to end certain sufferings and difficulties and then many of the texts also try to show ways how how those can work together and then my example of having philanthropy but directed by democratic decisions and then and and I, I liked your point that maybe then people don't want to donate anymore if if they can't decide where the money uh, should go to so i think this is really hard but i think all those things intentions how democracies interacts with that um what are the the goals of philanthropy i think all of those are really important and and it's also important to understand in order to create an, a new opinion about philanthropy but it is not actually at least in my opinion it's not actually um only about the political system if we have kind of monopoly or um democratic system but it's rather more a question about um capitalism or not because um some people can just accumulate so much wealth because of the system we have like hf bezos or elon musk didn't work more than than their workers like I mean, probably they have in in terms of weeks but it's probably still equal in in unequal in in terms of what they got and how much money they put in like i think that is kind of um cripple the system and that is kind of weird for me to think about okay they donate money but actually what made them rich in the first place was the system they're donating into so that's kind of okay and then you're getting into this the question uh, are they actually tackling the problems and taking them by the roots of the problem or is it actually like sophia has, has said that earlier like just to be good in the press or looking i don't know that's that's super hard i think 
Um, but it, I think it's not only about democratic or not. It certainly has influence on that, but I think it's not the way, um, at least I think about how to solve, <laughs> if we want to call it like that. Depends if you look good or bad on philanthropy. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. The, the whole idea of the, I also thought about the different um, ideologies like democracy, um versus and and the the whole idea that they're donating into the system that made them rich in the first place it's like the when you look at how much jeff bezos pays in taxes versus probably one of his workers you know that's if if they were just taxed differently would that replace the money that they are donating that you know back into the system would that donation then not be needed because that money has come in in the form of taxes that can be re redistributed to the community. I also think this is very interesting and there's a lot of discussions about how taxation can and should influence philanthropy by either in, in the US there's a rather open system of having tax cuts for donations so that donations in some sense are supported and then other countries where there's similar to what you explained people believe that money should go into the state and then the state should decide what things should happen and for that reason donations are not as necessary anymore and i just i can already hint that i i want to have a discussion maybe next month maybe in two months about yeah what money means Because the question is also countries or uh, regions like countries like the US or regions like, like the European Union with the euro, if they really need taxes for financing the things that they want to finance or if by having monopoly on money, they can do this by that. But this topic is so big. We can discuss this also today. But I... I Then, then probably we, we are, we're not able to go back to philanthropy. But still, I, this is also something I, I'm really interested about. And this also, if those um, economists who believe that if you have a strong money monopoly, you can really finance everything you want. If you have the means of workforce, of material goods as like trees, stones, etc., and And then you can build your railway with the money you print or you have and with those yeah, material things that you need. And, and then you don't need taxes any, anymore in some sense. This also might be the end to philanthropy if this is also possible on a global scale that you can also direct state new state money that they give to themselves to certain topics and then yeah no foundation needs to continue financing new vexations but uh, the state can do it themselves because then you don't have this question anymore of do we take the money from the rich because we need that money to do something but then it's only a question about we we take the money away in order to uh, limit power as we talked about about already uh, money meaning often oftenly uh, power in, in 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 or it's often it's the same thing if you have money then you have power and then you limit 
money and by this you limit power so that in, in democracies you still have a certain equality. I, for me, it's a question of like, is it okay that people with that much money have more power than the government? I think that's a really interesting question because at that point, who is like ruling the country then? Like, is it the government or is it these powerful people? But that's also, like you said, a discussion for the next upcoming month is like the power of money in itself, and like with all these new like types of money coming out now. Um, but yeah, I mean, personally, I, I don't know, like with all the like the fact that like Jeff Bezos could spend more money than the government on some kind of cause and would that have more power than the government? I, I think that's a bit almost like a question of like, I don't want to say ethics, but I don't know if everyone is okay. Like if, if in a country, everyone would be okay with like one person having more power than the government. And I think that's a, that's what makes it a bit questionable in my opinion that you can just have one person ruling like that instead of it being more democratic because then you're giving him the power of the word and the decision instead of me voting for some kind of government who I think is going to spend the money right and then that entity doesn't have the same power anymore because Jeff Bezos now has more power and I, I don't know if that's the best like way of money and power in that sense. I don't know if that made sense, but I, it's kind of hard to articulate. I think it makes sense. And I agree with what you're saying. Just to play devil's advocate, that's, that's all dependent on we trust in the government to represent our best interests. So would there ever be a situation if we want to, let's say we take that power away from billionaires and people can't get that wealthy, that they're wealthier than the state, is there ever a situation where that actually hurts us as the community because the state is no longer serving our best interests and we have no way to combat that? Again, I agree with what you're saying. I think um, Jeff Bezos isn't that guy to like look out for the rest of the community or anything like that. But it just, it brings up the idea of like the power of the state and the role. Is it true democracy? Is it really going to represent all of our best interests? Or do we want to have people, regular people in the community have the ability to raise to a certain level in the in society where they have enough money to do things that are different than how the state would do them if the state is no longer supporting us. I don't know, it just, it, it brings up the question again that um, Martin said before about um, what, what uh, you know, are we in a democracy? Are we in socialism, capitalism? You know, like what system are we working within? Because I think that plays a huge role because um, we're talking about the voice that the people have in the, in the sense. And so I think I agree with what you were saying. It just depends entirely upon do the people actually have that voice um, to elect the people who will do what is best for the community. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, you're saying with like how we can't always trust the government to like make that decision because not everyone always trusts the government. But I also think this is the, maybe, I don't know if this is correct, but maybe this is the first time in history where someone can have so much money that they're having more power than the government. I don't know if that's happened in other situations in terms of 
people having more money than the government. I mean, and of course, people have had more power than the government in the past, but not because they've had more money. That maybe like new systems need to be put into place where there's a scenario, I guess, where your donations have like people who have that much money. And if they donate, there has to be a system in place for those donations to go to certain places and not where they think is right. Because at that point, I feel like there should be a system in place because they cannot be deciding on their own where the money is going to be going just because they have that much money. Maybe like there needs to be something where the money goes based on people's votes from the last election or what kind of, yeah, something like that. I think, I think maybe we have an outdated system in terms of that, those kind of situations. That was just my turn of thought just now, but um, yeah, I wonder if you guys have similar thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's also, it's, it's interesting because when we think of our, the billionaires in our community, it's like Jeff Bezos versus like Bill Gates, look at like where they donate their money to. It's like completely different causes. So, I, you know, what I was saying is like more theoretically, do we want to have people to have the capability to reach that level of power um, through money over the government? And I am agreeing with everything you were saying, Julia, just like playing devil's advocate a little bit. It's, it's tough because you might have, if we say, yes, we do want someone to have that ability in our current system, then that someone might end up being more like a, and I don't want to vilify Jeff Bezos in this example, but, you know, not donating to necessarily help mankind or for the love of mankind, but to fly themselves to space and rebrand it as helping society through technological advancement or whatever. But yeah, I guess I think our systems are probably outdated for a lot more reasons than just the one that we're touching on. Um, and I think it's, it. I don't know the history either on this, but I do think, you know, there's some truth to what you're saying about the first time in history, perhaps that someone has so much influence, so much more influence than the government through wealth and status and, and power. So um, I'm sure there have been other past examples where someone was very powerful, even though they weren't the government. But yeah, I think it is probably hitting a turning point, tipping point, just because there's all these other things at play, like, you know, technology and, and the reach that people have now. So, but yeah, I think probably the system is outdated, but for many more reasons than just this one. Just to tackle some of the points that have been said just now. First, um, if we ask ourselves, if we want the possibility for individuals or families or small groups to raise as much money to be stronger than certain state entities, uh, because we are afraid that the state might not do what we think is correct, then we have to ask the same question towards those who have that much money. And in general, I'd say that even though in big democratic organizations or states, uh, things go wrong, but there you have a division of power, etc. And if you have just one person raising up over the top of this, then you don't have this division in power. And generally, uh, I would support that we don't have the possibility of individuals having that much power just because of those reasons. And that's also a development we have seen in Europe 
but also the United States wanted to uh, be a democracy for that reasons because it, they wanted to divide powers in some sense. And actually, uh, because um, Julia, you said that money and power that shouldn't be the, the center of this conversation now, because in the beginning, my line of thoughts or my words of thoughts about how to which topic should be this conversation was first money and power and then later uh, philanthropy access to this and then i think in the us there is no individual person more powerful than the us government because just it's such a big powerful financially and and many different things we have had already conversation about about the, the us powers But there are certainly smaller countries where they where this situation exists. Companies want to invest into a country, and then financially, this corporation is stronger than a state. Or in the US, cities that want certain companies to invest into their city and build their new headquarters there, there is really this balance so that the, the company is stronger financially than cities and there you can see how much how democracy can be treated and and which powers democracy has or doesn't have because sometimes the, the companies can just list their requirements and they come and they get what they want because for certain reasons yeah the cities accept that sometimes for yeah particular interests of a certain group Sometimes because they believe that the, the workforce that the city gets by that is really something that changes the, the whole society to the better. Um, but there we can see money, power, democracy in a smaller scale. But still, it's, 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 it might be really similar to what we can also see in other countries and maybe one day also in bigger countries. Another thing that I... I was struggling with by when I when I read the text and when I thought about this conversation today, it's because there are things that I do and I know others of you do also that could be a def defined being philanthropy. For example, organizing this meeting. Of course, it's not something big, but I there are certain things that we we do and we think okay, we do this not just for our own needs but we do it because we believe that this could turn into something valuable for society so then this could be called philanthropy and then having also now read some critics on philanthropy then i think think about is it something that society needs or would it be worth more to try support existing organizations that are governed by the state and, and, and try to strengthen them? Or do we need civil society in the best sense, but also in those senses we, we just talked about in order to improve things? I think what you just said about defining philanthropy is, is kind of interesting because we, we could say that the organizing this group could fall under that, but what if we were all, the members of this group, let's say we're all, I don't know, really rich politicians or something, then you probably wouldn't think of it as philanthropy because we're just 
opening a space. Yes, you're creating space for transatlantic conversations, but it's, you know, it matters who the members are. I just think of like, if you were to donate a ton of money to a tiny little soccer club that has no, like, you know, they can't survive without your donation, then that could be a really honorable thing. And it's for society and the community building and everything. But we wouldn't say that major donations to clubs like Chelsea or Bayern or uh, PSG would be philanthropy, even though the act itself is exactly the same. It's just where it's going or who the mem who the players are involved. So I, I think that's interesting. And that's the other thing that you said of, do we need philanthropy is the question I've been asking myself this entire conversation because you think of like, what's the alternative? What if we don't have any, any version of philanthropy? Well, I think we would all agree that we would lose a, a good amount of, of good in the world perhaps, but is, is there a need for it? I don't know. I, I guess we would have to look at, you know, how would situations unfold if we didn't have examples of philanthropy? So like thinking about the German and the flooding example, could we, could Germany have survived that catastrophe without the donations? Um, you know, is, was there really a need for the donations? Like when the state was, what you brought up before, when the state is asking for those donations, or could they have survived or maybe recovered without, without any donations? So I don't know, the, I, I'm hesitant to say there's a need for philanthropy, but looking at the flip side, I also don't wanna say that, oh, if we completely got rid of it, it would be, we wouldn't notice. Um, so I don't know, I think those are two interesting points you bring up. Yes, I would think um, the one thing is um, deciding if we need philanthropy yes or no is kind of um also the same question as we need a definition of it so what, what do we understand <laughs> with philanthropy because if we just say it's money and probably jacob your engagement here is not philanthropy because you have not donated money into transatlantic chats but if it is yes you're volunteeringly donating your time then it definitely is so I think that is also a thing only if we have the definition, what do we understand under uh, philanthropy, we can say, okay, that is good or bad. Because on the one hand, I say, yes, money, we can think about changing that. And this kind of kind of raise your level, what we talked about earlier. On the other hand, it's like donating time and energy in in a project you love. And I think then definitely, why, why should we ever undermine that? So that's also kind of <laughs> crazy question, yeah. It's also interesting what you bring up with like money being the definition of philanthropy, because I feel like these days people always say time is more worth than money. So in this case, like could philanthropy be also be given in like the time you spend to do something, maybe that's even worth more today than money is because that's also more of like a, I guess like an older like money used to be obviously the most valuable thing or like that's what we immediately thought of is like money is the most powerful thing but now maybe in today's world it's like time because everyone's always so busy and everything that if I just spend like an hour helping out or an hour having a conversation or whatever 
that that's even more powerful than me donating a hundred dollars to something that where I might not even know where the money is going. But I also that like there's also what we talked about before, uh, where the money comes from to the rich. It's not because they worked so much, so they didn't give time to something, but they had a certain idea, and then the capitalistic system just works in a way so many people give their time and from that time they get certain payback in money but in that time they also produce more money and this money goes to someone else and this person then after that can donate this money to a different cause for whatever reasons and also to whatever effect we never know this and also in in our own time giving way we also we have different possibilities of giving time to different occasions to different topics and we we have to wage time because time is really something we have a certain amount then then it's over and of course for us that's also the same case with money but money can come by if, if certain things happen but time will never come back so for us certainly time is really valuable as long as we have enough money to pay um, all the needs maybe in the pyramid the, the needs that are in the bottom so that we can donate our time to different things than just the question of where do we get food from and then just uh, um, Sophia said that certain donations to soccer clubs they they can't be philanthropy and, and I think they really can't and even to smaller clubs If it's not like if you wait for return money wise, that would be something my definition of philanthropy ends. So if it's really about then marketing, then it can't be philanthropy. And this is also something with the big uh, foundations we can ask ourselves because if you reach a certain level of foundation, then you are big enough to be a name. And this might in some sense, also support the organization where you get the money from. And of course, there are also examples where people really left the business world and just go to philanthropy. But there also, they still need, in some sense, I think, uh, this interaction between the earning, the world of earning money and the world of donating money, because I don't know if they can just once they put a certain amount of money somewhere and then they can give and give and give if that's possible or if also this big amount of money gets smaller in some sense. I'm not sure in how, how those foundations are, are built up and what, are, what their yeah, getting new money philosophy is. And then about the question of do we need philanthropy? And we, we, we raised this issue already that if philanthropy only tackles the result of problems, and then we take this away, then we will have these problems. But if we, instead of having philanthropy giving money, we try to change the reasons, and by that, philanthropy might be something that is firstly uh, less necessary, but then also maybe less possible because there's just not as much accumulation of money. And this is really hard to say because I think it's for us now, it's hard to imagine how we can, in a sense of try and error, try out how it is if a certain society 
doesn't have the financial support anymore. And then in other societies, we try to change the dynamics of social life so that uh, simply people don't arrive at certain hard life circumstances. And then still, and this is something I think we all agree, that we want to have this social cooperation in a society that people help each other, might it be for friendship or because they just say, okay, we have love of humankind, so let's work together because we are interested in the well-being of everyone. Maybe I, I just, I, one topic that I would like to raise also, and we, we touched on that already, is how philanthropy interacts with social work from states. One of the most significant sector shifts has been the states backing away from providing basic public services in some countries and regions. The for-profit sector has assumed some of these services, consider for example the expanding role of private corporations in providing water to population centers around the globe. And then also large NGOs are increasingly providing education, health and social services through contracts with national governments and aid agencies. The majority of NGOs, however, provide a range of local services, relying almost entirely on philanthropic and volunteer contributions. So I think here, if this is really the case, that things that I feel are basic things that a state should provide, those are outsourced to either for-profit organizations or NGOs. And then we really can't identify anymore who's influencing, for example, in schools, who's influencing what students learn, then this is, for me, that's really something not ideal. And uh, on the other hand, of course, I prefer education rather than no education. So if I choose between no education and education where I don't know the intentions uh, behind the curriculum, I would prefer this kind of education rather than just not learning anything. And maybe uh, those of you who have uh, gone to school or studied in the US, because there are also many more private schools or institutions than here, maybe you can provide us that haven't had that, that experience some of your experience in those kind of institutions. You mean like, did we notice um, if there was influence from, from some donor, let's say, in terms of what we learned? Yeah, just, and also how, if you can compare to, to different system, if you have, have had both, yeah, or just if there's, if you can, you go to school and for example, in uh, really religious schools, you can realize that things are different there than in state-owned schools. And then maybe in different private sector schools, then, then, it, then you have the same experience. Yeah, I mean, so Julia and I both went to um, an IB school. So it was like an international curriculum, um, which is, it's a little bit different um, because the curriculum is decided on by an international group. So I don't know exactly the ins and outs of it, but it's it's not so much, you know, that it, we went to a private school, but it wasn't like 
someone donated a ton of money and had some say in, in the curriculum was still determined, I would say in a democratic way. Um, again, I don't know exactly how that, that works, but I know that it's sort of a cent international organization that is that centrally decides um, on, on what you learn. It, it does make me think of the, I recently learned last summer about the, I think they're called the Daughters of the Confederate Soldiers or something like that, or the Daughters of the Confederacy, um, and how they were a, you know, private organization. They would probably define themselves um, under this umbrella of philanthropy. Um, and it's, it's basically the next generation after the Confederate um, soldiers who obviously lost the war, but to still promote those ideas in school. So teaching the Civil War in the South as the war of Northern aggression, not the Civil War. So there was definitely an influence in terms of what was taught based off of these nonprofit groups. But that, I mean, that wasn't my experience. That's just something I learned that in a lot of public schools, even as recently as, as my own childhood, that's, um, there was definitely an influence in what was learned and what was taught in schools in the South from, from groups like that. Um, and then at the college level, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there was as much of an influence, but I also think it's, it's a little bit different because you sort of pick and choose the classes you want to take rather than like the set curriculum. Um, so it's, it is a little, obviously you're not choosing what is taught, but you are choosing what you learn to a certain degree. So, but I don't know, Julia, if you have other thoughts or other experiences that you want to share. Um, yeah, I agree with Sophie about our school that that was definitely internationally, that was, that was not done by any kind of philanthropy um, money or donations. But I, I guess I also wanted to say that in public schools, that's a whole nother question because public schools, the way they work is that I'm pretty sure that you're, if you're born into like a certain county in a state that you don't have a choice on where to go to school, you go to that school and the quality of that school depends on how rich that county is because that public school is then, it's, um, it works by the taxes that people pay in that county. I think, Sophie, I don't know if I'm explaining this properly, which is why that if you're born in a richer county, your school system will probably be better, which I know that has nothing to do with like donations, but I'm sure that if parents, if you have richer parents or richer families in that county who donated the school, it's only gonna help that school. Whereas if you're born into a poorer county, the, the odds that you're gonna have a good education in that public school, just are lowered by how the system works. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I, again, I didn't go to public school, but I just know from a friend that when her parents got divorced, she chose which parent to live with based off of which neighborhood they were in, meaning which school she could go to because one was far better than the other. So from my knowledge, I think you described that correctly. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to point that out. I thought that'd be interesting to share with people who don't know about the education yeah. system. It's pretty... Um, it's a, it's something that I don't think a lot of people are happy with in the U.S. I think it's really interesting, and maybe that's also a topic that we should tackle um, in some of the next conversations because it's it's also something that really everyone, nearly everyone, needs to pass through the system of education, principally primary school and high school. 
um, and the systems are, I think, really from country to country or maybe even from state to state or county to county that different that sometimes we can't imagine how systems work somewhere else. And I also think that this can be, um, if we then relate how taxation and philanthropy interact with each other or sometimes strengthen each other or yeah, there's a certain way of balance. So if you have a lot of taxation, then you have money also in that district. Then you have generally you have better schools. Or if you have donations, then the same, at least you have the same result, even though the means are, are different. And, and for me, this just shows that even though I see philanthropy critically in some sense, it's not the only thing that we need to, or we, we can deal with in order to improve, improve society. And, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm, still, I'm still curious to hear maybe what your influence of thinking about philanthropy is in, in, in today's conversation, maybe to round up today's meeting. So how you entered the conversation, maybe one thought about what maybe changed your opinion and how you're looking onto that topic right now and if you're interested in studying this topic more i i guess i'll go first because um i guess what i learned from this conversation is just the whole definition of philanthropy and how we discussed how there can be various definitions of it which i've never really thought about because when i think of philanthropy i just think of someone donating a lot of money and i've never thought about it as something else so i think maybe it's time like now it's time to like start thinking of philanthropy something more and starting those kind of conversations with people instead of just like disallowing those other definitions because i think some people can't afford to always give their money for obvious reasons or who knows but that if you tell them oh you can be philanthropic in a different way that might also like give them that like self-fulfilling need but and also of course help others but um yeah that's what I thought was really interesting today amongst many other topics we talked about. And I think uh, similarly, when I came into this conversation today, thinking of philanthropy, I really just thought of like, man, that's a, that's a cool lifestyle for rich people. <laughs> like how awesome would it be to just, you know, live your life and you, you know, have the means to support other causes that you care about because you don't need all of those resources for yourself. And that's just, you know, the lifestyle of the rich um, and, you know, like the Meghan Markles and Harry's of the world kind of thing. Um, but I think what I took away from this conversation, similarly to Julia's, the definition of philanthropy and how I think we went through different layers of where does the money go? Who is the money coming from? Is it just money or is it also time? Is it um, does it matter the political idea or not ideology, but um, the political system that you're working within. Um, so I think there's all these different layers to philanthropy that I had never even thought of as being relevant um, that now make philanthropy a very complex <laughs> um, topic in my head. Um, but I'm, I still don't know exactly where I fall on certain things. So I think, um, I don't know, the conversation opened my eyes to a lot of different levels. Um, that go into this that I, you know, uh, didn't think of, um, and I didn't think that philanthropy could have 
you know, pros and cons to it necessarily. I didn't really think of the, um, not that it's controversial, but the, for lack of a better term, the controversial aspect of is there good philanthropy and does that matter? Um, so yeah, I think I came in with not a lot of ideas about philanthropy and I'm walking away with a lot of questions about philanthropy, which is, I guess, uh, the nature of, of a good conversation, so. Yeah, I can, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, also, I thought about philanthropy before, but also just like in, in the sense of the last time I, I thought about it was like the, the rocket man <laughs> who are flying up there. And is it positive? Is it negative? I thought about that, but there were many more layers that I didn't even recognize before. So that was pretty interesting, pretty cool conversation to talk it through. And uh, one last uh, thought to also the donating money to PSG uh whatever uh that that thing and that what was also a thing um that i wanted to mention before jacob you said it was um does philanthropy change when there is need and i actually think that is one of the core things um rather good or bad um I, or i think everybody decides for themselves but and that is only if there is a need then there's also a need for philanthropy this uh, so i don't think psg or bayern or whatever has the need for the money so um, i think that was my last thought to the topic but super interesting thank you so much yes and i can uh, only agree with all of you um that there's um that also philanthropy is as so often a matter of perspective um that on the one hand it might be very problematic or uh, as we said in the beginning, for rich people to just put them in a, in a better light by donating to good causes. And um, on the other hand, the people that receive that money or that help um, are absolutely grateful for, for it and they need it. And they would totally describe them as very good people. And they say that those are philanthropists. And yeah, and also what I find rather interesting is um, the connection between philanthropy uh, by private people and on the other hand the, the social matters that, that states have to take care of and um, to what degree you rely on society being philanthropic I guess and to what degree the society can rely on, this, on the state by providing them with, with the basic needs and I think um, that this is also maybe a, a big difference between, between Germany and, and uh, the US uh, in a way, what what the what a state takes care of and what is uh, in private hands. So I'm very grateful that we had this topic today because I really think it's, it was interesting, and I thank you all very much for participating today. And next month we might or speak about schools because I like this topic, or we talk about what is money, or maybe we talk about what we expect states to be, what states are, what should they do. So we are still in the thinking process of next month's meeting, but for today's meeting, I think that was really interesting and nice to talk with you. And on that note, I hope you liked this month's Transatlantic Conversation podcast and are already looking forward to our next conversation 
in the beginning of September. Goodbye.